Welcome to the Social Impact Level Up podcast. This podcast is made from the spaces I host every week on the Clubhouse app in the Social Impact Level Up Club. If you don't know me, I'm Wendy B, and I am a coach for socially conscious entrepreneurs. I help you develop your social impact mission, clarify your vision, and turn your ideas into action. Every week, I talk to leaders with a social impact mission about money mindset and manifestation. We also hold weekly spaces for our collective to join forces and change the world. In each episode, you'll hear me moderate the conversation with my two co-hosts, Rodrigo Bravo and Santiago Caceres. Through this podcast, we hope that you will learn, grow, and thrive with our collective. Hello, this is the Social Impact Level Up Club. Hey, Cindy, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Good, good. We are just going to get started in a second and still pinging folks in, so just feel free to hang out. Okay, perfect. I'm mostly here to listen, but maybe I'll chime in. (laughs) Yeah, no worries, no worries. Hey, Rodrigo. So apparently this famous lady that does organizing, her name is Marie Kondo. Yes, yes, I'm familiar with Marie Kondo. So apparently she does a folding method and it's called the whatever. Yeah, I'm not good at it, but I do it. So basically you fold your shirts and you have them standing vertically in your drawers so you can see them, right? Yeah. 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 And actually, anyways, I've been doing this for years. This, this shouldn't, this is terrible. It should be called the Bravo. (laughs) Yeah. This is the Bravo effect. This is not Marie Kondo, whatever. It's not the Kondo fold. You're not, you're not down with it. No, I think, no, no. I've been doing this for years, literally years. I've been doing this. So I feel like I need to get compensated. Doing what, bro? Did you trade folding my shirts? Did you trademark it? Did you like protect your IP in some way? I, it's folding shirts. I didn't realize that there was IP. In you this. bet. Okay, well she has a book on it, uh, so that's, yes, it's now trademarked. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't IP it. I I didn't, man. I I didn't. Re- I mean, I thought every. Well, I didn't think everybody folded shirts, but I thought all the smart people folded their shirts like that. I, I guess I wasn't smart before I read her book or watched her TV show. She has a, a Netflix show. You know that? Santiago, do you do you fold your shirts like that? Uh, I fold them regularly because I was in the military. Um, so, you you know, stack, so you just stack them? Absolutely. But let me tell you guys something. My wife, who's in the car with me because I just picked her up from work. Everybody say hi to Cynthia. Hi, Cynthia. Hi, hi Cynthia. Cynthia. All right, cool. Say hi. Hello. Yeah, that's my oh wife. Oh my gosh, Everybody. we never get to talk to her. Um, awesome. Thanks for being here. I know she. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, so she, when she was in college, she worked at this very high end, and high school, she worked at this high end um, clothing store on Madison Avenue. And um, yo, homegirl could fold like perfect, pristine, like, you know, showroom status folding. So, um, you know, when you say that you should be paid, I mean, she was paid handsomely to fold the way she folds. So I just get that privilege because she folds all my clothes. So Santi, does that mean your towel closet is legit? I, I mean, it, it should be with the way that she folds it, but it's my job to put the clothes away and I don't color code it and I kind of just throw stuff in there, but she's the one that color codes everything. <laughs> so funny. I'm a, I'm a color coder too. I know. Roy G, Roy, Roy G. Biv, my, my polos and my everything's color-coded. Oh, my goodness. Like a beautiful rainbow of synchronicity. In your closet and your drawers, Rodrigo? 
Uh, more my closet. My drawers, I mean, they're T-shirts that are folded, so I kind of just put them where they fit in. But the closet, definitely. It's like a rainbow. So I'm an organizer by function. Like, I have my workout stuff in one area, my work clothes in another area, my blazers in another area, and then those are kind of color-coded within the, the, the type of clothing they are. Cindy, how do you fold your clothes? Are your clothes nicely organized? Do you have the, the Bravo effect going, or do you just stack them? So I think working in retail, when I was in high school, I learned how to fold towels, T-shirts. Um, I kind of fold them the way I was taught, you know, working in all these retail stores. And I can't, like, it's been 20 years, and I still can't stop folding them in that specific way. It's so weird. See, that's, it. that's how my wife is, that she hasn't worked in that field for, like, I don't know, 20 years as well. And she can't stop folding that way. It's, like, perfect. You guys should see when we pack into order, like when we travel, she'll have like the maletas ready like two months before we're supposed to travel. So that's like, <laughs> but you know, she'll go and we'll buy a bunch of clothes for the trip and stuff and she'll just stack everything. She's like, don't touch anything. It's new. It's just for the trip. And then she'll just pack everything up. <laughs> oh, I you like know, that. You know, what's funny too, is I'll go into a store and I'll, I'll find myself like refolding their clothes if they're out of order, like for them. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Sydney. She got PTSD, retail PTSD. She's probably following mm -hmm. me around the store because I'm the one who's like looking at it and putting it back not folded. <laughs> Sorry, Sydney. <laughs> All right, y'all. No, I like I, I like to be organized, but no, I was just gonna say I like to organize, so yeah, it's uh yeah, anyways, go ahead. I was just gonna start the room because there's enough of us here, but it's good, it's a good conversation. So hey everyone, welcome. This is our social impact level up club. I'm Wendy. If you don't know me, I am a coach for socially conscious entrepreneurs. And I moderate these rooms with Rodrigo and Santiago once a week on Wednesdays, um, 3 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Eastern. And this is just our room where we come and chat about um, anything social entrepreneurship. So there's not a whole lot of uh, rules in this room. We usually do some sort of topic and um, sometimes we'll do a lesson, sometimes we'll just chat. So today I wanted to talk about um, kind of the concept of being a change agent. So I know that I've heard this conversation a lot of different places where people either don't consider themselves a change agent or don't even know what it is or they are a change agent, but they don't really define themselves in a way of um, how they're doing change. So this is what I want to talk about today, just kind of checking in with folks and seeing, you know, what kinds of things are you seeing yourself as a change agent about? And if there are ways that you're making an impact in 2022 um, with your business or your nonprofit to see if there's anything that you need help with to make a bigger impact. So this is more of a check-in room um, just to check with, you know, it's the beginning of the year. It's one of the first rooms of the year. And we'll see where the conversation goes. So we're just going to hang out for an hour. And whoever comes in and wants to come up on stage, just know that the replays are on. So we will be repurposing the audio. And it may be used in a public format. And otherwise, there's you know popcorn style. And we'll just kind of hang out. So the reason I chose this topic was I remember when I was in the government, they did this token sort of campaign. It was pretty early on when I got there. It's probably about 2008 or 2007. And they just left all these badges, like these little silly badges that were kind of like a, a deputy sort of star plastic or whatever. And they put them on our desk and you came into your office or you you got to your cubicle and there's this little badge stuck to it and it says change agent on it. And I was like, what the hell is this? I really didn't quite, when I didn't know what the term was, right? Like when I didn't really have a concept of what it meant to be kind of like a change agent, but I also just didn't know that I subscribed to considering federal employees doing their job as change agents. I think I kind of thought it was a little bit ironic in a way, because like, you know, it's like you make all this stuff happen, but nobody really sees it. So 
no one would really actually realize that you changed anything. It's very difficult for the public to see what we're doing in the federal government and recognize any kind of change because it's just so massive. So I thought it was sort of absurd that this was the campaign that they were trying to you know, placate us in some way. But over the course of time and over the course of my career, I've realized that I am very much a change agent and definitely with the communities that I've established and brought together different types of people who are doing different social impact work um, through their business or their nonprofit, it's like I'm the, the change agent for the change agents in a way. So I try to help people who are in the in place that they want to help others, but maybe don't know how to, or if they've been called or inspired to help others, but they just haven't quite gotten that road very clear yet. And that's where I think my impact can be most felt at this point. But over the course of my career, I've worked on so many different issues and topics and um, different things related to different types of populations that I definitely know I've made change. I've been able to see the tangible impact at an individual level. But I don't think that everybody has um, really thought of themselves in this way or really even considered, you know, the course of your career or what you do, how you might be a change agent. And so that was what the topic of the conversation was today, was how do we think about ourselves as these people who are making um, things that didn't really seem important to other people happen. And I think once people see them and see the change, then they're inspired by it. So that's what I wanted to chat about today is just how are you guys doing um, and where do you see yourself as a change agent? Yeah. So, so for me, being a change agent really starts with my family to be honest. So uh, it's really pretty remarkable. I actually just mediated a settlement for a family member and it was, obviously it was free, whatever. Right. And I talked to them, but I, I also talked to the other person and I just offered my services. Right. And I told them like, look, y'all are going about this this way, this way, just give me an opportunity to present a different uh, kind of perspective. And they, they, they said, yes, they said, okay, you know, so I talked to one of them, you know, on the phone, the other one via chat and via the phone and this and that. And when we got down to it, it was really just what a lot of, and a lot of problems are this, it's just communication or miscommunication. And so being the change agent for me involves, even with my own family, letting them know that there are different ways to communicate. And just because we feel a certain way or we've gone through something or whatever, doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, we're, we're do going about it the right way. And so when I got done speaking uh, with my family member and the other party, they both felt we let our emotions get the best of us. And they made decisions based on emotion instead of just reason, instead of just looking at it. Because when I presented to them the cost of going about their different ways, in the business proposal that they had, they realized that their costs were actually gonna go up. By doing that, basically by saying, let's change the way that we communicate. That's the way that I'm able to be a change agent without my own group, without my own circle. And I think some of the biggest things that we can do, or we should do, is start with our own family. Start with those that are around us. Start with those that love us, that we love them. Be change agents for them. A lot of times we focus on external people we should really focus on our own community first if we're really trying to spark some type of change uh whatever it may be it might be something that they believe in some type of a disagreement wh whatever the case may be it's always best to start with your own community first there's a relationship there already right and then second of all those are the people that are really going to listen to you some some random person or whatnot it's going to be hard for them to listen to you but a a family member a friend 
those are the places where you can really affect some really uh, good change and uh, to, to make sure that whatever it is that you're trying to change has some impact. So that's really interesting about the family members. Did they, um, they came to you and asked for the help? My family member basically uh, called the vet, just said like, oh, man, you're not gonna believe what happened and blah, 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 blah. And I already know how he is. So we started talking about it. I said, have you considered this? And have you considered that? Well, no, this person. Uh, and I know the business partner, you know, uh, you know, relatively cool dude. But I don't know him, know him, you know. But but I do know my I do know my family member, and I said, "Look, uh, uh, why don't you give me a shot?" He goes, "What do you mean?" Yeah, and I said, "No, look, you don't have to pay. Y'all don't have to pay nothing at all." You know what I'm saying? I just give me a shot to kind of resolve this, because it sounds like you know there's some other stuff that y'all just need to talk through, and there's no need for to to uh, go so far as to you know start uh, dissolving the business. And sure enough, when we did, yeah, it, a lot of it was just more communication slash emotional stuff, you know, and, and, uh, and I have a saying in my practice that I tell a lot of my customers, if not all of them, and I always tell them that we, we need to vent in order to reinvent. So you need to let that go. You need to let the emotional baggage, that stuff. And I'm not saying like, let it go, like, forget about it. I'm saying like, go ahead and express it, you know, go ahead and say what you got to say and that other person to acknowledge it. But let's move past that because before you move, you before you move to somewhere new, you got to let go of that stuff, and that's what happened. We had a good little talk down. We, you know, we explained everything, and then after that, it was just like, okay, I understand, and all right, no, well, this seems fair. No, yeah, we should stick together, blah blah blah, and then boom, that was it. You know, conversation uh, done. You know, we had a nice little agreement. In fact, I, I, I've yet to present them the actual MSA, the Mediated Settlement Agreement that we uh, that I typed up. Uh, just because they were both really hyped up. They were like, okay, yeah, 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 it's, you know, blah, blah, blah. I think that's part of being a change agent is offering that change, you know, giving a perspective, you know, letting them a, an opportunity to make a better choice with the uh, situation that they're in. I love that. I'm also picturing you mediating like a Frozen song, just wandering around saying, let it go. <laughs> but I, um, I love that, Rodrigo, that you've been offering people services even here on Clubhouse just um, – to kind of give people an understanding that there's a different way to resolve issues or interpersonal problems. And I think you're right. It does stem from communication, but I also feel like there's has to be a, um, I think when you come into those spaces, you're, there's an assumption of malice somewhere under there or ill will, ill intent. And sometimes, you know, the emotion kind of is built off of that assumption, but it's not always the case. And it could be misunderstanding, you know, miscommunication, like a number of other things. But I think sometimes when you get over that assumption of, of malice or, or ill intent, you're able to better um, move forward with some sort of solution. So thanks for offering that. Yeah, I, w I would agree. I mean, both parties have to be, uh, you know, vested in the issue. If you have one party that's not or is malicious in their intent, you know, they, they got some scam going on or whatever, there's nothing you could do to resolve that. That's just something that's going to happen, you know, and they'll, they'll have to work that out. But with the clients that I've worked with, uh, I mean, 100 percent of them so far, all of them have good intentions behind it, especially when I work with parents in co-parenting situations. Uh, even even the co-parents that are, you know, a little reticent or 
unfortunately, in my case, or, or what I've seen so far, are, are dads that are not there, that are not present. You know, the number one thing that's happening is the mom is just frustrated that the dad's not present. I mean, that it's 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 uh it's it's not even about money most of the time. It's not about uh well, a little bit is about like the free time that the mother doesn't have, you know, from raising the kids. But I w- I would say three out of four cases, seventy five percent of the time, the mother is just saying like, hey, I just want you to be a part of you know our child's life. And you know, it's about that father kind of reaching out and kind of getting past that point. And even then their intentions, you know, however misguided, their intentions are good. They want to have that relationship with their kid. So whenever they're able to move beyond that whole emotional uh, distress that there is, they're finally able to come to an agreement and say, okay, let me come by once a week. Let me come by uh, uh, twice a month, whatever the case that gets agreed upon, but at least it's a step forward. So you're absolutely right about that, Wendy. I think the, the intention is sorely needed and it needs to be a good intention because if you start off in bad intentions or in a malicious way, yeah, no, nobody's going to be really ha- be happy at the end. I'm just thinking forward to like the end of the year from last year for you, it would be such a powerful statement to have on your website or somewhere like, you know, was able to provide, you know, support for X number of families to, um, you know, resolve conflict and live in harmony, peace, whatever you want to say. But I just feel like that number of people that you've been able to touch for your particular business or practice is really meaningful because it means in some ways that, you know, the children who are part of those families have a more stable future and are able to better connect to their parents in an environment that's healthy rather than harmful. So cool. Thanks, Rodrigo, for offering that. Um, so anybody else want to hop into the conversation? And welcome, King. We're talking about change agent vibes today. It's really just a conversation about how we as people through our practices or our individual businesses or nonprofits are uh, working to help make the world a better place and what kind of change, what does that look like and how do we tangibly explain that change or even consider ourselves a change agent or if you've never had that experience, um, you know, how you might step into that role. So that's what we're talking about. It's popcorn style. So join in anybody who wants to chat. Yeah, Wendy, um, I like what Rodrigo mentioned about, you know, starting within your, your inner circle, friends, family. Um, <clears throat> on my part, I, I, for example, I had a really good conversation today with a prospective client, and she's a small business owner. So one thing that I'm targeting now is the small business owners that I'm doing their, their planning with um, to encourage them to, hey, you guys, you have employees. Let's sit down and have a conversation with your employees about this stuff. It shouldn't necessarily be about, you know, yeah, it's, it's cool. You're the owner. You, you have your advisor and all that good stuff. But you think about how many employees could take advantage of just getting this financial literacy and learning different things and seeing how they could set themselves up, set, the, set their families up. This way they're just not spending their money and, and not being smart with stuff. And then they get to an age, you know, and working in the immigrant community, I've seen a lot where they don't know about this stuff. And when they want to learn about it, it's too late. And their final recourse for some people is, you know, they think that Social Security or, or their pension, whatever it might be, and it's not, it's not enough, especially now, because what we've seen is Social Security and pensions, not, not only do they not exist as much, but there's no way that somebody can live comfortably post-retirement with that amount of money. So what we see with a lot of immigrants is their recourse is either moving with their children or go back to their country. So I think that's, that's you know, um, a disservice to people that have been here for 20, 30, 40 years, raise their family, work their behinds off, and, and, and try to get ahead 
but because they didn't have that financial literacy as they were working in their lifetime, their recourse is it's going back to their country. So it's just like reverse immigration. You come over here, you do what you need to do, and you go back when you're missing out on the one of the greatest joys in life is seeing your grandchildren grow and being that, you know, get, getting to spoil them. So um, they either end up moving back with their children, they become a, a, a financial, um, if, if, you know, for lack of a better expression, a burden to some, especially if they have, you know, health issues further down the road and of course you know with some families that are already financially tied up with other things that could create um issues within a family within a couple because you know they're, they're taking something else on when if people just do the outreach or just offer the services i guarantee you we you know that people 75 percent of the population of, of immigrants or hispanics uh wouldn't be in the situation there are later on in life so uh, for me, that agent of change and, and, and being that um, giving back, it starts with not only talking to people who are, you know, somewhat well off now because they were able to start a business or be an influence, you know, or be an influence to the community, whether, it, you know, because sometimes it doesn't even have to be a, a small business owner, for example. It could be um, a pastor, you know, a, a, a clergy member, somebody who, who's a center of influence for their community to say, hey, this is what we should, we should be doing, and this is why it's in the best interest to, to have that conversation. So like you, uh, Wendy, that you're saying you're being like the agent of change for the agent of change, that's sort of like the approach that um, I'm looking at heading in. That's one of like my biggest goals for 2022 as well. So, uh, but yeah, Rodrigo, you know, spot on with, with working with um, being an agent of change for your family members, for your close friends. Uh, this way, you, that ripple effect where you're throwing that rock in the pond that ripple effect is felt across without you doing it directly. Oh man, there's so, there's so many things in there I want to dig into, Santi, but I think, yeah, the, the meta of what you're saying that you kind of started in a place where you saw this population needing services. And I think the other thing about it is a lot of folks who focus on Latinos as the, um, the population they want to help in their business, some of it is not, well, one is not Latinos always, but it's all, sometimes just profit driven. You know, we're seen as another market to reach versus people to really help because we have an issue that needs to be resolved. And I love what you said about that because you're describing it not about um, the profit or not about the business, but really about the change for the person and the family and their individual circumstances. And I think it's a very powerful story. And so I think for you, it would be great to see like vignettes and things of some of the some of the people's lives that you've changed and how over time that change has really made an impact in their trajectory as people or as a family. And I think that the idea of having folks with you to do that, um, whether it's a team or the folks that you're training, that's also another really powerful way to say, you know, how many people you're reaching. So awesome work. And I'm excited for what you're doing this year with the growth and the new position. All right, Ray, let's talk about Ray's business. So Ray, I know you are coaching people. You're also working on NLP, so neuro-linguistic programming. And you're doing a bunch of different things with your podcast. I'm just curious, Ray, like how do you how do you characterize yourself as a change agent through what you're doing and all the different platforms that you're working on? Well, hopefully you can hear me good. Yeah, you're perfect. I'm out for a walk. Okay, perfect. Uh, I would say that I'm just trying to be the example it's always easier to say give people you know, your opinion of how to do it. But if you're, uh, you know, starting everything from scratch, then, you know, that, I think that's the best way to get people to, uh, I would say, 
be more willing and open to try it than if you just tell them what to do and you know you talk about it but don't be about it i, th- I think another portion of uh, being a change agent is knowing what the right change is needed uh i think a lot of times we are gung-ho we, you know we come in and we want to like hey we want to shake something up i actually was in a conversation with somebody today uh regarding that so just to give context this was a app launch uh, at another, on another whole another website or whatever, and they were having this app launch. And during the app launch, uh, somebody said uh, basically uh, a statement that the person didn't agree with. And that person decided to chime in right then and there. And, uh, and I don't necessarily disagree with that statement, right? It's not about the statement. It's about having to voice their opinion at that moment, right? And so that kind of brings a, a, a kind of a conundrum, right? Okay, I see something that needs to be changed, but is, is this the right time to be that change agent? Is it the right uh, moment? Or is the moment going to be, um, you know, tarnished because somebody else, you know, because I say this, you know? So I think that there's some consideration there when we are being change agents. Are we being change agents at the right moment and at the right time? Now, obviously, there's some stuff that you don't want to allow, right? Somebody says something stupid, something racist, something, whatever the case may be, right? You're obviously going to be like, oh, fuck that. I don't want to hear that. You know, th- no, this is not the place or whatever. But let's say some, it's something a little, you know, less controversial, but still something meaningful to you. Do you want to, you know, um, take over that moment with your opinion or with your, you know, quote unquote change? Or is it something that you should introduce later on, maybe as a feedback or something like that? I think that's really critical and really important to know the difference between the two, because even though we want to be good change agents, we want to be effective change agents, more importantly, I think. And I think it's, a crit- it's critical to know when to be the right change agent in those moments. I'm not going to change my dad. I really am not. You know, as much, you know, as much as I want to and as much as I try, you know, he's not going to change. So at that point, you know, is my change going to be effective with him? Well, probably not. Is it going to have an impact on him? Slightly, but not so. So I have to kind of measure my change, my, my quote-unquote change agent vibes with him and see if it's going to be effective and I want to spend my energy on him. And to be quite frank with you, I've already done that. So I'm at a point where, like, I don't want to change my dad's mind when it comes to my son. You know what I'm saying? Instead, I just practice a little bit of uh, distance and let him know, you know, hey, there's, I'm protecting my son. That's what it's going to be for now. You know what I'm saying? And that's just what it is. And I think uh, uh, it's really important for us to recognize when uh, the change we want may may not happen, you know, and it's it's uh, it's uh, going to be futile, and we we should really focus our energy on something that's going to be more fruitful. I uh, I mean, it's my dad, right? So I'm not going to completely ignore him, but I do know that when it comes to protecting my son or involving him, I know where my boundaries are, and uh, quite frankly, I know where my loyalty is, and that's protecting my son. And so, uh, you know, I've made that decision. Uh, I'm totally willing to, you know, uh, hold his hand, if you will, with my son, my dad when it comes to changing. But if he doesn't, he doesn't. You know what I'm saying? That's going to be his change. That's going to be his thing. And and I think that leads to another point, you know, change agents. You know, we, we also want to make sure that, you know, uh, and this goes back to the effectiveness of the message, right? But also the people, you know, are people willing to change, you know? Sometimes, you know, yeah, there's, there's force of will. You can definitely, you know, kind of just keep pounding the message and somebody will turn. But also, how, how receptive are the people to that? You know, if they need to make a change in their lives, are they at that point where they will make a change? And sometimes we, we end up realizing that the people that we love the most maybe don't want to change. 
And again, that's where we're going to have to re uh, refocus and kind of figure out, okay, is this, uh, is this worth it? part of uh, uh, projects, uh, studies, commissions, whatever you want to call them at work, at, you know, and, and whenever there was just a lack of organic authenticity, it, it always made it difficult because at the end of the day, if there's not that authenticity, if people aren't there genuinely because they're passionate about it, and they're voluntold, I'm sure you've experienced this, Wendy, you know, especially because you were talking about the change agent vibes right that you were getting i've been i've been voluntold to be a part of a project too and if i'm that excited and i don't have that genuine enthusiasm and everybody else doesn't have that genuine enthusiasm well it's basically for nothing it's going to fall apart there's not going to be that cohesiveness people are not brought together because they have a common goal it's just something that's put up so uh, i think when you do have something that comes out organically uh, it's a force to be reckoned with. Uh, when I was, uh, when we had our protest at the radio station uh, uh, half a year ago, back in uh, June, um, probably I would say about 15 of us basically coalesced together and started our campaign. And we we started, you know, saying, "Hey, you know what? We don't want we we don't want these changes. These uh, BIPOC voices here at the station have been eliminated. Uh, Thirty uh, 32 radio programs." that were on the FM DAO were relegated to uh, either bad spots or moved to the HD2 uh, channel of the, of the radio broadcast. And, you know, we came together and we fought and we actually got the general, general manager ended up getting fired. You know, we ended up uh, uh, kind of exposing what the rates were. I created a website. We did this campaign. We did all this good work and it all came together because we all were passionate and authentic about our goal and our, our, our commitment to the community. And so when it comes around organically and somebody, you know, has that fire, people are genuinely together and they're consistent with the meetings and they're talking about this and this and that wonderful things can happen. But if it's not authentic and it's kind of voluntold and it's kind of just for show or it's performative where just like you, Wendy, I was featured for, uh, Hispanic Heritage Month one one year there at my the former company that I worked for, and they put up my my a big old picture of me. I mean, I'm talking about like seven ten feet. I don't even remember. Big old picture talking about Rodrigo Bravo this blah 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 right. And then they had like other people there too right. And then they had this little celebration. Didn't even get us together. Didn't ask us like, hey, how can we make the company better? You know, how can we promote uh, uh, Latinx, Chicanos, Mexican American, Hispanic, Latino, whatever you know, in the fold, what do you expect more from the company? No, it was all performative. It was all show. Hey, show up at 1130. We're going to give you an award at 12. Smile for the cameras. Hey, do you want that big old poster that we created of you? Eh, it doesn't matter if you want, if you want it or not. We're going to deliver it to your office anyways. You know, it's all performative. It's all for the looks. There's no common cause. There's no authenticity there. And it basically fails. So yeah, authenticity, organic growth, organic cohesion, coalescing around one common goal is so important. Not just gathering people that seem to be alike and hoping for the best.
I always like that word, change agents. And um, I never put it in the same line with me, myself. Um, um, I do like uh, impact entrepreneur because uh, I am kind of in line with uh, what I consider impact investing uh, through what I'm doing with my business. And I do believe change agent uh, connects more uh, with me personally um, because I had to find, you know, I had to rewire myself or change within myself first uh, in order to just be a change agent uh, in my own life. And um, but understanding um, what I had to change or sometimes I said rewire my brain or even to the point I had to uh rewire or refocus my or really connect with my spirituality and that allowed me to make uh I, I considered a 360 change uh from you know looking at the world through sometimes what I say my human perspective um but connecting and and I come from the space of creativity so uh, I, I was blessed with a beautiful foundation uh, for a uh, strong spirit uplifting uh, because I, it, it was something that I could build off, off of and something that I can trust and build into that can help me be a better person and a better human being. And not only that, really understand what my place is on, on here on earth. And, um, and that allowed me to be a personal, my own personal change agent. And then, uh, you know, once I connected all that, then, you know, then it, it, it became my life and, and how I could use my creativity, uh, you know, a vision or, or to change things uh, with, through design, um, you know, not only just changing my, my spirituality, my personality, but using creativity to be a change agent in products, uh, in design, in things that uh, uh, connect with people uh, physically. And, uh, but I was the spiritual part. And um, so being a change agent in, in creativity was really uh, uh, a beautiful journey that I've been taking uh, for most of my life. And um, just through creativity, I had a, a lot of time, uh, a, a lot of chances and opportunity to work with a lot of companies and people uh, to help change uh, their product or their business structure uh, in a lot of different ways. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, uh, so yeah, that's how change agent really connects with me, and I'm sure it, it connects with a lot of other people. And um, and being in social impact entrepreneur, um, you see in my bio, the name of my company is BHN Basic Human Needs, and um, that's what I'm all about. You know, my creativity is a part of that, is a part of my heart, my passion, and and my purpose. And um, again, it's a beautiful journey. And, um, you know, rather I impact, you know, one person life or I touch many, um, that's my mission. And um, I work on that and I practice that and I'm committed to that uh, every day. So I uh, wanted to share that with you, my beautiful human beings. And uh, let's continue being the change agents that we are so we can uh, have impact on a better future for all.
we're change agents, we should never assume that we know what the changes needed, especially when we're making changes for uh, collectives, for groups and so forth. So for example, last year when we had the Texas snowpocalypse, right? Um, I was a part of an organization where we were gonna uh, help uh, an, um, an apartment complex. Uh, basically, they, you know, they were they were um, they they were impacted by the snowstorm, and so here we are, you know, figuring out. Okay, well, what should we get them? Should we get them like meals or no? They're going to need coats. Well, let's start getting donations for coats. Oh, we should get uh, uh, food. You know, all great ideas, right? But then somebody, and, and, and honestly, it didn't even occur to me. Somebody said, "Why don't we ask them?" You know, like, why, why don't we ask the people that we're going to help what the change is that they need? What do they need help with, right? And so the, the community that we ended up helping was here in San Antonio, Texas. And I went to the apartment complex, and I literally knocked on about, I think it was about 200 doors or so, 200, 300 doors, I can't remember. And, and we filled out a form. It was a Google form. Had it on my iPad. You know, I typed in, oh, okay, and boom, we had a list of what was needed to, to, to help these residents. And I think a lot of times when it comes to anything we do, when we're gonna try to impact and serve the people that we do serve, uh, it's so important that we realize, hey, what is it that they need? Not, ex not just what we can offer, but what is it that they need? And do we even meet what they need? So if I'm a change agent and I'm trying to provide, you know, I don't know, uh, food, right? But the community that I'm helping us doesn't actually need food. They have a housing insecurity. You know, well, maybe that's not the change. That's not the season for me to be involved with them. I need to go where I'm needed or something. Or maybe I have resources where I can help them with that food, in, uh, with that housing insecurity. So I think another portion of being a good, successful change agent is also not just meeting the needs, but asking what the needs are for the community that we're trying to help. My name's Erica. Nice to meet you guys. Um, first, just heard about this club, so I'm really excited. Um, so I call myself as an ecopreneur, so an eco-minded entrepreneur, and I'm a marketing coach for eco-conscious companies. So I'm a marketing coach, and I started my business in May 2020 during the pandemic. And now I'm very thankful that I get to choose who I want to work with and want to support. So all my clients have some sustainability component or they're aspiring to um, have some change within their community or within the planet. And something that was really um, opening today, actually, that I had a conversation with a lot of uh, my ecopreneurs community was that because we're in January and we're setting, you know, our intentions and our goals, um, try to figure out, you know, of course, business goals um, of, you know, for me, it's like doubling my revenue, um, trying to get, you know, myself out there with my business and everything, but also trying to create impact goals. I think that is super important for a business. And so also less is more. So of course, there's so many things going on, especially with climate change and um, everything that, you know, what we're doing. Um, I also think of like partnering with nonprofits and really rooting on that um, nonprofit and being a partner for them. So exactly of like what Rodrigo said, instead of just assuming, you know, what they could want, um, maybe asking them, asking them for their wish list, asking them for what do they need and being, um, as you said, a, climb, a change agent of asking your partners. So I just wanted to share that little thought 
um, because we are in January and we're setting our goals. Let's share our impact goals. So thank you. When it comes to you know the change agent, I, re I really I really appreciate what Erica said right now about just an entrepreneurial spirit and working with who you want to work. And I know that doesn't really fit with the vibes as, as far as like, uh, I mean, what she said is in line with what we're talking about, but that particular portion right now, I just wanted to highlight that and how important it is when we are entrepreneurs and how dope that is that we can pick and choose who we want to work with. I've actually declined the clients because I just don't feel like I'm gonna be able to be their uh, best server. You know, and, and uh, you know, and, and, and I, it's it's my company and I can choose who I want to work with. And that's one of the beauties of it, you know, as opposed to when I did work at, at uh, in, the, in the corporate space or in the government space. And I worked with people and I had to work with them because I, you know, I didn't have a choice. Right. They were part of a project or they were my uh, the person that I was collaborating with. You know? And so I just wanted to highlight that and how amazing it is when we are. Uh, good stewards of the mission that we embody, right? And so for her, she's an ecopreneur. You know, it, it's it's a wonderful thing when we can work with people who share our vision and share our mission. I think that's really like the ultimate goal for any entrepreneur. Some entrepreneurs, all they want to do is make money. And that that's fine. You know, that's your mission and your vision. Go for it, right? That's your. But some of us that are, you know, especially when we're trying to be social impact entrepreneurs. You know, we carry that added mission, and uh, and I think it's a beautiful thing. So I just wanted to kind of elevate that statement that Erica made and just highlight how how beautiful it is when we are able to do that. So Rodrigo, I'm done speaking, and thank you for leading the room as always, Wendy.